Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And we have as our special guest today, Craig Kester, Professor Craig Kester, a recently retired New Testament professor and NASB chair of New Testament at Luther's Seminary. Uh, and he is uh, uh, has written extensively on the Gospel of John and also the Book of Revelation. And so we're asking him a couple of questions about uh, that have come in from listeners, uh, one about uh, heaven and one about the rapture. But we're going to do uh, on, on this podcast, talk about heaven and on the next one, talk about the rapture. Um, so let me uh, read this question. This came in from one of our listeners. Uh, and just a reminder to those who are who are listening, if you go to enterthebible.org, uh, you can click on ask a question or something like that uh, on the on the cover page and you can uh, you can post your own question. So here's the question uh, from one of our listeners. It says, I was taught that in the Old Testament, heaven had not yet been created. It wasn't until the New Testament that heaven was created. So what does that mean for all the people who died in the Old Testament? Where did their souls go? So, uh, Craig, again, welcome. Uh, thanks for being Thank with us. How would you uh, begin to address that question? Sure. I, I think I'd, address, I'd, I'd begin to address it just by clarifying a, a couple aspects. Um one is that I'm assuming that heaven was created in the Old Testament, because that's what it says at the beginning of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So I'm assuming heaven was there like the earth uh, in the beginning, according to Genesis. What I assume the question is about, though, has to do with what happens when people die. Um, because there are different views, yeah. different perspectives on that um, in Scripture. Um, and when you read through the Old Testament, um, the sort of the notion of afterlife is not really, uh, it, it's not what we confess in the Christian church, you know, resurrection of the, of the body and the life everlasting and so on. You don't find anything quite as fully developed in the Old Testament. Um, and Catherine, I mean, you can correct me here, but um, sort of looking through the Old Testament, there's... Um, when people die, I, they it would speak about going to Sheol, for example, or going or being gathered to their people. Yeah, uh, that there's a sense in which death mm -hmm. isn't exactly extinction, but uh, going to Sheol, everybody goes there. It's not; it was just the place of the dead, and uh, it's kind of a shadowy realm. Um, and sort of notions of afterlife. Um, if there was a notion of afterlife, you'd find it in some later Jewish writers like um, Sirach, who's in the uh, books between the Testaments. He would talk about kind of, in a sense, living on through your descendants or living on through your reputation. Uh, but there wasn't a view of individuals uh, sort of going to heaven or being raised from the dead or something like that. Um, that that idea really wasn't that fully I would developed just add in the, much with of the, the Old Testament. Go ahead. I, 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 you're, you're right, Craig. I would just add there is one explicit reference in Daniel, uh, mm -hmm. Daniel 12, about the resurrection of the body, or resurrection of, of those who have died, who are faithful. Yeah. But I think right. you're right. And there's certainly hints, right? Like you think about 
um, Job 19, I know that my Redeemer lives and at the last, mm -hmm. you know, he will stand upon yeah. the earth and then in my flesh I shall mm -hmm. see God. Or Ezekiel yeah. 37, the valley of dry bones, the kind of resurrection yeah. of the dry, yeah. the, the re- uh, re-putting together the dry bones and the flesh and the, you know, put, yeah. breathing new life into them. That's a kind of resurrection. Yeah. Though, again, not, maybe not so much individual as about Israel and Judah uh, being resurrected. Right. But so there's there's kind of hints of it in the Old Testament and, and that explicit reference in Daniel uh, mm -hmm. and, as you say, in Sirach. But uh, but I think you're you're certainly right that mostly the thought of any kind of of, of what happens after you die is that your name lives on in your descendants, which is why it's so important for men in particular to have sons to carry on their name. Uh, yep. And or this idea of Sheol, which is, as you say, a kind of shadow land, pretty much equated with the grave, right? It's this kind yeah. of confining space where you can't praise God anymore. You're not really fully alive. Um, yeah. So then... But when we get to the New Testament, then you get this, um, it, it's not completely settled, right? Because there's some controversies that the gospel writers uh, talk about. Right. So you'll find um, in, in the gospels that um, you have the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they disagree on what happens when people die. So though the Sadducees and Pharisees are two different Jewish groups in the time of Jesus. The Sadducees held on to kind of the older view, uh, which was there's no resurrection. Um, they don't that they they are, they scoff at the idea of resurrection. Don't really find it plausible. Hmm. Um, and the Sadducees they they worked with a, a limited number of biblical books, just the first five books of the Old Testament. They didn't have Daniel. They didn't recognize the value of Daniel in some of these other prophetic books. And so the hmm. Sadducees they were skeptical about any notion of resurrection. The Pharisees did believe in resurrection, um, but there were debates about what that actually meant. Um, there are some Jewish writings of the period that would talk about, um, uh, like in Daniel 12, you know, the, you know, the talking about the end of the age when uh, those who dwell in the dust of the earth will arise, you know, some to everlasting glory and some to everlasting mm. shame and contempt. So it talks about some kind of existence as resurrection at the end of the age, but it doesn't really describe it. A book like Second or like Second Maccabees will talk about um, people believing that it, there was actually a very bodily feature to it. Your bodies were resurrected at the end of the age. You know, your flesh was restored. If you uh, had gotten wounded or something, your body would be healed in the resurrection. Um, so even though Pharisees believed there would be some kind of resurrection collectively at the end of the age, um, they weren't quite sure what that meant. And so when you get the Christian message of Jesus being raised from the dead and Jesus, you know, and Christians proclaiming hope of resurrection from the dead, um, they really had to kind of define what that meant. Uh, and so that's where that's where resurrection occupies such a central place in the Christian message is uh, you, you find Jesus being raised. It's not just that his soul went off and left, but no, he actually was raised as a whole person. And that most notions of resurrection treated people holistically. The whole person died and the whole person would be raised at the end of the age. 
Um, and so that's where you, you know, Paul will emphasize that idea that, that people die and people have the hope of being raised at the end of the age. Uh, bodily, a transformed body, to be sure, not just your flesh coming back to life again, but a transformed whole person. <laughs> right. But then you also find um, there are there are things like Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where Lazarus goes to heaven, goes straight to be with Abraham. Or Jesus tells the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise, which is a little different idea yeah. that you die and you go directly uh, to be in some state of blessedness. Um, and so that's a little different than being raised individual or being raised collectively at the resurrection at the last day. So there's kind of a tension between a couple different perspectives on exactly what Christians do believe um, happens right away when people die. The outcome is the same. I think about uh, one of my favorite passages. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think about one God of my favorite end, passages. That's, that's, the main, that's the main idea, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, right. What, however, it happens, we'll be with God in the end. In, yeah. in Hebrews, right, chapter eleven, the the you know, it's this list of the people of faith, right? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, uh, or the assurance of things not seen. And so it goes through all of these Old Testament figures. I, you know, going back to our listeners' question, what happened? to these Old Testament yeah. figures, right? Abraham, Isaac, yeah. Jacob, Rebecca, Leah, sure. Sarah. Um, and and so so the writer of Hebrews talks about all of them. And then mm -hmm. in, in chapter, uh, and many others as well. And then uh, in chapter 12 talks about, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let mm -hmm. us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So I've always, you know, when I, when I read that, line in, in Hebrews 12, I think about like a large Olympic-sized stadium or more than that, right? With, yeah. with this great cloud of witnesses in the stands cheering us on as we continue to run the race of life and of faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's Abraham and there's David and there's Sarah and there's Esther and, you know, whoever. And there's my grandma Esther, right? And there's my grandpa Urban and there's all the you know, people of faith uh, who have, you know, both in the Old Testament and uh, for the last 2000 years uh, of Christian faith. So it, it, I, I'm encouraged by that because it seems to me that, that the writer is picturing these folks both, uh, you know, with God, as you said, Craig, uh, but, and, and also cheering us on in this life as well. So it's a, um, so, so you know, the Old Testament figures uh, are not in Sheol, right? <laughs> uh, those who lived by faith in in the God of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, are uh, are still alive. And Jesus says that too, right? When he says to the Sadducees, "God says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God of the living, not of the yeah. dead." Jesus right. says, you know, you are completely wrong <laughs> to the Sadducees. <laughs> so that I guess I would say to our listener, you know, the the the, the people of faith of the Old Testament uh, are alive in God's presence. It seems to me that, that that's what those texts are saying. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair I, to 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 note as well that just because um, that 
it really is Jesus and Jesus' resurrection that clarifies this question. So there's there's debate or misunderstand or, or or not full understanding of of what is like the fate of humanity after we die. Where do we go? What happens to us? And we're able to look at it in hindsight after Jesus is raised from the dead, and and have the record of people's encounters with the risen Christ and understand that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection and we will also be raised to a body like his. But they didn't have Jesus before Jesus came. And so it, it makes sense that there that there would have been like a lack of clarity or, you know, not quite sure or maybe some disputes or disagreements uh, before then, because Jesus was the one who in his resurrection showed us what we're hoping for. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it, there really is a, a definitive quality to uh, to Jesus' resurrection at the center of the Christian proclamation. Um, to kind of put that, I think you know something like Hebrews eleven, you know, where it talks about all of these you know heroes and heroines of you know of, of Scripture going all the way back to Abraham and Sarah and company, and all the way back to to, to Abel. Um, that yeah, I mean there, that there's a, a faith relationship with God, and that's the key thing. It's the relationship that continues, uh, that binds people to God, and that that in Jesus there's a there's a kind of centering of it in in the person of Jesus, but it's ultimately relationship with God that is key. Um, the God we know in Jesus, um, and at the same time there's the there is the tension between. Um, has everybody just died and gone to heaven? Well, then what is resurrection? Is there anything yet to come? Are they, you know, is there something like an embodied existence? And that's where you do find like in Revelation 20, uh, which which uh, does talk about people remaining in Sheol until the end of the age and then being being raised. So the, the mm. tension is that it's not that death is some kind of termination of a relationship or whatever, um, but scripture is always pretty reticent about, so what are the dead actually doing now? Hebrews is having a great time picturing them in the stands at the, at the racetrack. <laughs> um, how much more imagination can we exercise? I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, I sit kind of loosely on that. Mm. Just exactly what can we imagine uh, the dead are doing now? But we do know that they are in Christ, in God. Um, and uh, at, at the end, I mean, there, there really will be kind of the great unveiling at the final resurrection. Yeah. Right. That, that the ultimate promise is it is the bodily resurrection, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's our hope and our faith that, that we don't know exactly where the souls are right now, right. Of those who have died. Um, but we do know because of Jesus resurrection that our bodies and souls will be reunited as Jesus was and that we will have you know a, a bodily existence a bodily resurrection um like jesus yeah yeah so it, in in the couple minutes we have remaining and this isn't going to do it justice but i just want to mention the in the apostles creed we talk about uh you know jesus uh descending to the dead or descending to hell right and we talk, you know, the, the theological tradition is about the harrowing of hell. Do you want to add or do you want to give us a little insight into that, Craig? Uh, because it's based on at least one verse in the New Testament, right? 
it actually doesn't fit very well with any verse in the New Testament if it's viewed oh, as the yeah. harrowing of hell. Jesus, you know, there 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 is a reference in Jude, you know, to to proclaiming, uh, to, to to speaking to the the spirits that were imprisoned, um, but that's it, it doesn't really. It, it's not clear how much that actually informs um, the uh, the Apostles' Creed. I think the key thing is that the word, you know, the Greek word would be Hades. He descended, you know, to Hades, uh, which in the old translations used to be he descended into hell, which was the place of punishment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and preaching the gospel to mm-hmm. those who were being punished for their sins. Uh, at the, but in many places, in fact, most, Hades actually just means the realm of the dead. And so the new translation, I think, is a good one. He descended to the dead. He was really dead. It wasn't that he mm-hmm. was sleeping, that he was comatose for a couple of days and then revived. No, he, he was mm-hmm. really dead. He, he joined the dead. And so when Paul talks about the resurrection of the dead, it's always the, plurs, the plural. That Jesus is the first fruits of, of the dead, plural. That he joined the dead, plural, in the grave, uh, and um, so it, it really is emphasizing the reality of Jesus' death and not, um, I think, some of the uh, ancient church kind of had a field day with imagining, well, what did Jesus do while he was dead? Did, you know, he went down into hell and he was ministering down there to the spirits in prison. Um, but I think it actually just means he was really and truly dead. And the resurrection was really a coming um. back to life from the dead and not merely an illusion. So. Mm. That's that's really helpful. Thank you, Craig, for clarifying that. Yeah. Wow. But I, I guess the major point we're we're all uh, pointing to is um, you don't have to worry about the Old Testament people, right? <laughs> that there, yeah. that God is faithful to God's people both in Old and New Testament, and that God's faithfulness extends uh, not just for this life, but even beyond death. Uh, and right. that's that's the promise that we cling to both when our loved ones die uh, and when we ourselves uh, face our own mortality. So, uh, so thank you, Craig, for, uh, for your help in, uh, in addressing that question. Uh, And thanks to our listener for, for uh, giving us that question. Thank you to all of you who are listening to this episode of the enter the Bible podcast. You can get high quality courses and commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and more at enterthebible.org. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for joining us.